You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. You know, if there, if there was just one word that should typify a believer, it is the word generous. That's because God has been outrageously generous to us because He has sent His Son Jesus Christ into the world to save those who would just believe in Him. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate gift. And in the text we're going to look at today, the Apostle Paul understood this, and he's reaching out to believers in Corinth to help believers in Jerusalem that were really struggling. And his his rationale is, is quite simple. God did this for you, you should do this for them. And that's the text we're going to look at today. And as we've looked at what God's done for Ridgewood Church, it's been amazing even this morning. We've been able to just kind of scrape the top, but God has been so good to our church. It's pretty awe-inspiring. But now it's up to you and it's up to me to not only walk in the footsteps of our forefathers who started this church back in the 1880s, who had a dream to reach our community, but to obey God with a generous lifestyle and to help our church be a generous church. Because the truth is, when you and I give to a church, any church, we're not giving to the church, we're giving to the work of God. He then pays it forward, and eternal rewards come from it. And so, here we're going to talk about acting generously because our faith grows, God is glorified. But being generous isn't just about a one-time gift. It's not just about a one-time pledge. It's a lifestyle. It's about sharing the love of Christ with those in your sphere of influence. It's about being generous in all areas of life. Because when we choose to make that a core principle, when it's vital to us, that's when lives change. That's when people get saved. And that's what it means to live what I'm going to call this morning the illuminate life. And so I want you to turn to that text we're going to look at today. And it's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 10. If you have your Bible or a tablet with you, and if you don't, that's okay. You can just follow along on the screen. I would love to have you bring your Bibles to church if you can. Take notes and track when you're at home. But here in this passage, 2 Corinthians 9, prior to the passage, Paul has been teaching these believers in Corinth about what it means to be generous and how to give. And Christian living comes from a generous heart because God has been so generous to us. And Paul's going to say that we can't outgive God. And the more that we give, the more God gives. And that it's multiplied in the work of his kingdom. So let's begin at verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God. Because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. 
And that inexpressible gift is Jesus Christ. And so what we've done over the last couple of years, if you're new to the church or just to refresh your memory, is we have these lanterns spread around the platform. And over the last couple of years, these lanterns have become a symbol for those that have chosen to follow Jesus. And over the last three years, there have been about 120 people as the ministry of Ridgewood Church locally through you that have come to know Christ. And so it was only natural when we wanted to to refresh our building and grow our budget and take the next step forward that we use the light of Christ and that illuminates from us. And so then you have illuminate and you have lanterns. And the illuminate life is a generous life that reflects what God has done for us. And so I'm talking about a sold out Christian in every area. I'm talking about submission to Christ in every area. But because we're celebrating Illuminate, we're talking about it in the context of finances this morning. Now, some people don't like it at all when when pastors talk about money. Um, And I think we're somewhat a victim of the Sunday morning preachers, although I'm sure that you love the Sunday morning preachers, so I'm not stepping on your particular favorite preacher. But there's there's really... um, distrust when we talk about money, but it's important to talk about money because money is a part of obedience. It's a part of discipleship. And what we do with our money tells us a lot about what we care about. And Jesus talked a lot about money. The great reformer Martin Luther had this quote, and I like it a lot. There are three conversions necessary for the believer. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, And the conversion of the purse, in other words, the purse strings, the pocketbook, they all fall in together because money is such a big part of our lives and our financial fortunes are so important to us. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we want to take stock in what's important and what we believe and what we want to spend our time on. We can look at what we do with our money. And so Paul is urging these believers in Corinth to take what they have and help those who are in need. And the first point I want to make this morning as we talk about this illuminate life is this. God is the provider who makes the illuminate life possible. Well, we got to start there. It's God. God is the giver of the gift and he it's his resources that we are stewarding. If you look here in verse 7, Paul stated that God loves a cheerful giver. In verse 8, Paul says that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you having all sufficiency in all things at all times may be about every good work. And then in verse 10, that aligns with Paul's words here. So I want you to look at verse 10 with me and we'll see what Paul means by this. So he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. It's God who supplies. It's God who hands over the bag of seeds and says, I want you to plant this. I want you to plant this so we can harvest it together. It all comes from the hand of God. And then what happens is the giver gets another gift And that is, righteousness grows. Transformation happens in the life of the giver. 
Now, this is an agricultural society in the first century. And so, sowing and reaping were natural terminologies for them to use. Jesus used agricultural metaphors. Paul used them. But if you just want to simplify it, here's the point. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. If you plant a lot of seeds, you're going to reap a lot of harvest. And so, when we give generously, God takes that then and uses it to not only enhance his kingdom, but to bless the giver. If we look at James 1.17, we see that God is the giver of all of these gifts. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. That's where it all starts. And sometimes when I start to believe that it's mine and that I earned it, then I become less generous. I have to remember that I'm simply a caretaker. I am simply a steward of what God has given me. And I'm not going to be here that long, so what I do with it, I want to have eternal ramifications. But God's, God's gifts to me, everything, you know, my family, my, my, my job, my financial wherewithal, all of it is from the hand of God. And so when there's ever a day, and there are days, when I feel like God isn't really doing what I want Him to do, then I have to remember he's already done that. He's already done so much. And so this life that we talk about, this generous life of being a sold-out Christian, simply remembers that it's God's stuff, and God provides it. And without him, we don't have anything. And so this illuminate life is made possible by him. Secondly, this passage teaches us that generosity illuminates the glory of God. This is the point. This is the point of our existence is to glorify God. It's, it's, it's not about us. And, and there were many poor believers in, in Jerusalem. They had been robbed of their wealth. They'd been robbed of their belongings. If you think about what it was like in World War II for the Jewish community when they were rounded up and they were stripped of their dignity and things were taken away from them and they were sent away, this is what it was like in Jerusalem. But it wasn't like that in Corinth. Corinth had resources. Corinth could help. And so Paul is pleading with them to make a gift. Because when they did, God would be glorified. If you look here at verse 11 again, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God, which is the point, because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel and the generosity of your contribution for them and for others. So the more you and I give, the more we are generous in every way, or in the NIV, every occasion, then a lifestyle of generosity towards others creates a heart of thanksgiving in those that we bless with our giving. And the expression that's 
on the table here is simply a gift to Jerusalem. And what would happen then is Corinth gives to Jerusalem. Jerusalem begins to thank God. Jerusalem then glorifies God. And Corinth then has an opportunity to lean in and be a part of what it means to glorify God. Because when people pray, when people need something, they don't know how it's going to be met by God. They just say, we need this God. Would you please come and help? And then when somebody does, then thanksgiving happens. Glory to God happens. We had this situation in our church, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago with a young pastor in North Minneapolis who came, and we got to know him. His name is Victor. He pastors a church which once was 100 Latinos in a very difficult part of the city because of the pandemic. His building is closed. He's lost about 75 people. He has to meet outside, middle of winter. I said, how are you going to do that? Wear a lot of clothes, he said. He's got one thing, one possession. It's a church bus. And that's where he keeps all of his broadcast equipment so he can send FM signals when he does outside. It's all, and it was broken. And so we said, we'll fix it. No big deal for us. Massive implications for him. And then what happens? He goes home. And he praises God for his sustenance. And it's so great to be a part of that. And you're a part of that because that came from our community care offering that we take once a month. So this idea of being a generous Christian is a consistent lifestyle that I call the Illuminate Life. And I want our church, and I know you want our church to be this kind of a church. We want to be known for being generous. Generous in our community. Generous in our world generous to each other, generous to our staff, generous to those who need help. And here there was a real need, but there's real needs all around us too. And if we want people to come to know Jesus Christ, then there needs to be a financial investment in that idea because you can't move along if there's not that. So God provides the resources. The church of Corinth was going to obey. They were going to give this gift, there would, be, there would be thanksgiving, there would be praise to God, and that's what Paul's saying he wants. And then, if he, when we go to verses 14 and 15, Paul describes the reason we can and should be generous. It's because God has been over the top generous to us. Look at verse 14 again, the second half of it. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God, Upon you, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. And here's the third point I want to make about this illuminate life, and that is a generous lifestyle is lived in response to God's ultimate gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. And this is why we come to church at Christmas. This is why we put things up in our yard, because we're celebrating the gift of Jesus Christ. And so, the reason that we can be generous is we can look and see what God did for us. And the beautiful thing about this is that the Jerusalem church would be blessed because the church in Corinth was simply reacting to what God had already done for them. And that's what it means to live a generous lifestyle. It's a spirit of selflessness. And so this whole thing revolves around the glory of God. And the word thanks here in thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift, 
is the word charos, which means grace or favor, giving favor to God because God has bestowed grace on his people. Jesus came. Jesus was rich. He became poor. Jesus was at a position at the right hand of his father, gave up that position to be humble, to be a servant, to be born in a stable so that he could walk as a true human being and God. And he could experience everything we experience. And he could minister to us and and radically changed Israel through healings. Did incredible ministry. Took our sins to the cross where he died a criminal's death. A horrific death. And then was raised again to give us hope for the future. That's the gift. And, And when I'm getting stingy with my time or my money, I think about that gift, and all of a sudden the purse strings loosen up a little bit because that gift can never, ever, even you can't find the words for it. It's inexpressible, as Paul said. And so here's the, here's the bottom line of what Paul's arguing here. Those who have benefited from such a spiritual gift, which is totally from God's grace, should then turn around and benefit others. That's the argument. And that's what it means to be generous. And so, this is the first century. Paul made the argument. Indeed, the church in Corinth did make a gift. But now it's 2020. And things are hard right now. We've got jobs that are on the line. Nerves are afraid. People are wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody's sure quite what to think, but, but here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to clutch onto everything and try to ride it out and say, well, man, we don't know what the future holds, so let's just, let's just hang on. We'll do it later. Well, here's the problem with that is people are still dying and going to hell. People still need Jesus even during a pandemic. So we can't just stop, and if we don't move forward, we're really going backwards, And so, this is really challenging. I understand that. But this is the Bible. And this is what Paul's telling Corinth to do. And Wendy and I have been tested in this area as well. And we've learned that it hurts to be sacrificial. It creates anxiety at times. But it all comes down to trust. And so, here's the last point I want to make. The illuminate life reaches beyond the temporal into the eternal. If I hold on to my stuff, I might provide some security for myself, although I think security is an illusion. I might better some parts of my life, but when I die, it's, it's done. I can't take it with me. But if I invest it in the, in the work of God, then that becomes an eternal investment. It becomes an investment that will reap eternal rewards for people that, that desperately need Jesus Christ. And God says, if you do that, then I will multiply that. Look at what Luke says in Luke 18. And he said to them, truly, truly, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time, in this life, he's saying, and in the age to come, eternal life. And so there's a promise by God that he will take what we invest and he will multiply it. And I want to say that you as a congregation are amazingly generous. And 
it's really rewarding to watch you involve yourself in what we're doing here. And when people come and see the lobby and the parking lot and everything, they go, wow, this is fantastic. And I say, yeah, we have a congregation that gives beyond its means, and I'm really thankful for that. But we can't stop now because God has called us to move forward. And so I want to tell you why we are doing Illuminate beyond just a pretty lobby and more lights on the parking lot. We want to grow our general budget, and this whole thing is a one-fund gift. So you don't just give to the building fund, and then you go over here and give to the general budget. It's all one thing. So we want to grow the church so that we can have more community involvement. You saw what impact this made on the mayor. He's thankful that we care about the community. And we want to start a preschool. And this is a dream. And, you know, it sometimes seems like an overwhelming dream because there's so much paperwork and it takes the financial investment and we're going through licensing and there are particular things we need to do that will be expensive. But when you look at what it'll read, you talk about eternal rewards, think of all the children and all the families for decades to come that'll come through this preschool and they'll hear about Jesus. And that's an eternal investment. But it takes a financial investment. We, we've created a safe children's space and, and a clean children's space so families can come here and call Ridgewood home. We want to be a place that continues to host community events. And if you come during a non-pandemic day, you'll see a lot of schools and you'll see community people using our building. And I'm excited that we're going to expand on that. We've got a new coffee ministry that's beyond the cafe. It's going to go into our community and it's going to be amazing. We want to train leaders. We want to equip you. We want to send more missionaries into the field. We want to do all that with this expanded budget, and we want to make Jesus known through community impact. But again, this is a generous lifestyle. So if you remember when we started way back at the beginning, for those of you who were here, we said that the goal of this ultimately is 100% participation by the Ridgewood community, so we could do this as a unified body. At this point, we have 320 households involved in Illuminate. That's a lot. That's a lot. We're at 85% right now of what we need, with about three and a half weeks of December to go. That also is amazing. And so here's a number I want you to pray about. And I have all these prayers on my Pray for Church, God Will Provide miracles happen list in my prayer journal, all right? The number we need to finish Illuminate Strong for the month of December is $575,000. That means pledges need to come in. That means that people need to give a little extra. So would you please pray about that? Will you pray about this number? And would you please consider, if you haven't yet, making a first gift to Ridgewood Church? Would you please prayerfully consider making good on your pledge? And would you consider giving a little extra for those that haven't been able to? A man came up to me today, and he showed me a bank statement, and I was kind of looking at the number. I didn't know what it meant. He goes, yeah, my pledge was this, and this is what I'm going to give, okay? I go, yeah, okay. And it was far over that number, and he was joyful about it. He wanted to show me, and, and that's exciting. So would you prayerfully consider doing that? Will you consider living this kind of a life? Because this brings joy. This brings glory to God when we're generous people. 
Because ultimately, this is about your journey with God. And I want you to experience what God has for you. I want you to experience the joy of generosity. I want you to experience the joy of living a sold-out life for Christ in every area of your life. Because you know what? You find more of Jesus then. So we have a lot to do. And we have a lot of things to accomplish. But we can do that if we're willing to live the illuminate life. Let me pray. God, I, I thank you that you called us to be a church that's an active church. That's a church that's not just sitting on its laurels, a church that's not just enjoying Sunday mornings together, that you've given us a calling. And I, and I think, Lord, of uh, such a unique ministry we do here, our life support radio show that's on KTIS and how it's heard around the country and and how we want to expand that and touch people that are in trauma with the love of Jesus. And I think of, of all of these initiatives that are in front of us. And it can be overwhelming and scary because we think, oh, we're in a pandemic. We think we don't have as many people here on Sundays. And, well, how are we going to do this? And then we remember, we remember who the source of all the gifts are. And it's you. So we have nothing to worry about. We just simply need to be obedient to what you called us to do. So will you just give us that kind of a heart, God? Will you help us to be a generous church? Because you have been outrageously generous to us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.